Hey guys, this is Ed, Paul, and Anna of Current Brand Media, and we are here to tell you a little bit more about our sponsor. Sportsball is a great subscription service geared towards minor league baseball fans. Each box features a different minor league team. You get a box every three months with minor league baseball gear, including different styles of hats like Ed's favorite, the dad hat. The cost is less than $12 a month. Proceeds from each box goes to More Than Baseball, the only nonprofit dedicated to the well-being of minor league baseball players. We all know that Parents' Days are coming up this summer. So if you've got a mom or a dad or a grandma or a grandpa who are particularly difficult to buy for, but you know they're baseball fans, this is the answer, guys. Meet your new favorite team at sportsballbox.com. Is there anybody there? <laughs> You go to a sporting event, there's a lot of big production, the sports going on. They got, you know, videos on the big jumbotron, smoke, fire. Uh, so the in-arena host position to me is sort of a liaison between the team, the show, and then the fans themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, trying to get up into the stands and just talk to people or do a fan cam, you know, get the wave going. It sort of blends the fans in the stands with the action on the ice. And that's, that's sort of my goal. What's up, Deadhead Crew? Ed here. And on this episode, I give you guys Marco Myers. He is the director of entertainment and in-game host for the Norfolk Admirals of the ECHL. That's right, hockey guys. We talked about how he uh, started as an intern on the very, very first day, got laid off. And then uh, got brought back on a part-time basis and then eventually ended up his way up to director. I'm not kidding, guys. He seriously did all of that in a short period of time. And then also, you know, pandemic happened and all that fun stuff happened. Anyways, without further ado, I'll give you the episode. All right. Well, I'm going to welcome you guys to yet another episode of the Dad Hack Chronicles. My name is Ed. And with me today, guys, I have the director of entertainment and in arena host for the Norfolk Admirals of the ECHL. Uh, I got that right. Yes. Um, Marco Myers, how are you today, my friend? I am cranking. Thanks for having me, Ed. Absolutely. It's an honor. It's an honor. Thank you for, for joining me. All right, Marco, I'm going to go straight. Let's let's get this. How'd you become a fan of, of the sport? Tell me. Well, uh, we live here. Or I live here in Hampton Roads, Virginia, a non-traditional mm -hmm. hockey market. Uh, the old man is from Detroit, Michigan. So as you know, that is a massive sports town, massive hockey market. Yep. So, you know, from a very young age, I was exposed to it. The uh, Detroit Red Wings were still one of the high flying teams of the NHL at the time. Um, so that was really exciting. So I kind of fell in love with the sport with my dad. Um, right. He came down here, you know, long story short, he was up in Detroit, came down here through the military, uh, met my mother, had me and started bringing me to Admirals games once I was old enough to you know, know what the heck was going on out there. So um, sort of, you know, kind of naturally fell in love with the sport, naturally fell in love with the team. And as I got a little bit older in the school and stuff, I kind of thought it'd be pretty cool to work for them one day. Yeah, I know. Uh, it kind of cool. And then you made it happen because you started as a game operations and community relations intern. So you yeah. started as an intern with the team. And now look at you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a long story. I'm not sure how much time you got. Go for it, man. Talk to me. Yeah, so I started off as an intern with the team. Like I said, I knew, you know, as I started getting older, I'd probably like to try and work in hockey and work with the Admirals as my first, you know, foray into sports. 
Uh, so I went to a local university here, Old Dominion University. Go Monarchs. There you uh, go. A uh, sports management degree from them, as well as a minor in coaching. I also do some uh, youth hockey coaching on the side. Um, but, you know, took a uh, took an opportunity through a class to reach out to someone there. I had to interview someone in sports, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like we're doing now. <laughs> uh, I knew they had internships available, but I, I was pretty low key about it. Just, you know, tried to put my best foot forward, uh, make myself very presentable. And at the end, I'm like, hey, you guys have internships around here. They're like, yep. And I'm like, sweet, let's do it. As a matter of fact, we do. So I started off as an intern in uh, August of 2018 uh, during the fall semester. Um, over the course of a couple of months, I guess I sort of separated myself, you know, from the other interns as, as maybe a potential candidate to be hired. Mm-hmm. Um, so here comes the fun part. I was hired in January of 2019. It was yep. January 21st. I remember the exact day. That was my first day, not the day I was hired, but my first day. Um, so before that, you know, like a lot of other college kids, I was working odd jobs, working at bars late night, doing stuff like that. So I was super stoked to be in pro sports now, you know, clock out of the bar and, uh, you know, exchange it for a pair of slacks and some nice shoes. So I went into work on January 21st, 2019. Um, and I can tell the story now because enough time has gone by. Uh, at the time, the Admirals were owned by a group out of New York. Uh, we didn't see them a whole lot. They kind of, you know, came and went as they pleased. But my first day came, I was at my desk. I was super excited to get going. I'd been there for a couple of months as an intern, so I knew uh, it was a pretty high vibe in there. Guys were moving and grooving right at 9 a.m., but for some reason, that wasn't really happening that day. I asked my manager, hey, what's up? When am I going to get rolling on some calls? And he's like, really? just hang out, get settled. We have a meeting at 10 o'clock. I'm like, all right, cool, you know, whatever. So we have this meeting. We go into our conference room, and unannounced to everybody is the owner from New York, and he would never show up unannounced. No um, way. So he made a couple of uh, bleak statements about the team and, and the finances at the time and uh, pretty much said, guys, what we're going to do is take each of you out of this room one at a time and we're going to determine your future with the organization going forward or lack thereof. Oh, my and, God. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I don't know what's happening here. Um, at the time, I think some of the veterans knew what was kind of coming. I didn't know it was my first freaking day in pro sports. Um, but they they pretty much went through and we had a staff of 15 that morning and we got cut to about five or six. Oh, no. I, I lost my job. Uh, they told me, you know, they loved the passion and work ethic I had. But the job that they hired me to do, which was an entry level sales position, account executive, the job that they hired me to do no longer existed. And I was I was I was sort of out of luck. Um, so I went from, you know, being a salaried employee here on Monday morning to, you know, we really like to keep you around. How about we pay you 50 bucks a game just to help us facilitate the game nights? And that hit me like a ton of bricks. You know? Oh, no. That, that hurt a lot. Um, but I had a decision to make, too, right? So Yeah, you got to make a living. I, exactly. And. It, it almost becomes more about opportunity than pay when you're first starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they told me, you know, 50 bucks a game. We'll see how that goes. Our next game wasn't for two or three weeks. But, oh, no. You know, I just sort of felt the obligation to be there. Not so much, hey, this is my chance, but so, more so, hey, I've been here for a couple of months. The front office just went through this crazy thing, uh, some, somewhat traumatic to some of the folks that were still there. 
And, and so I felt obligated to show up. So I showed up to work the next morning. Uh, I remember one of the first things I did, ironically, is poured out my boss's coffee because that she was one of the ones that was let go. Um, it was really crazy. You know, when people lose their jobs, there's typically it's never a good. Yeah, it's never good, but there's typically a transition period. You know, people pass over their email, passwords, you know, my list for this X, Y, Z. Um, everyone just grabbed their stuff and left like within five minutes, those that were let go. So it was very eerie. People were calling in saying, hey, can I talk to so-and-so? And in your mind, you're like, well, shit, they don't work here anymore. But how am I going to tell you that right now? Right. I can't tell you. Like, they're right. unavailable at the moment. <laughs> yeah, they're out and about. They're at a meeting. Um, but anyway, I just kept showing up to work for a couple of weeks, um, you know, just trying to be available and, and see where I could help out. And after a couple of weeks, they said, we'll bring you on part time, you know, at an hourly rate, locked into hourly pay. Didn't matter if I was there for 30 hours or 60 hours. I was kind of locked into a rate. And uh, that, that stayed for a while. And the real reason that all that happened is the ownership at the time decided to sell the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I figured people, that was, yeah. Yeah. And, and most folks aren't aware of this, but, you know, in any business, especially in sports, until the owners are, are done, there's a new buyer. Um, they're on the hook for all the expenses. So it, it really, it really wasn't that people weren't doing their jobs. It was more of that. It was just, they need to cut cost. Yeah. While they're looking for a buyer. Yeah. Uh, so it took about six to nine months for that buyer to come along. He's a local guy here. who used to play for the admirals actually. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a great fit. And then once he came on board, they hired me back after Jesus. about six to nine months. Uh, as a salesperson, and I, I slowly worked my way up there over the course of three or four seasons. That that was my start. Jesus, dude, this is that like this is the first time I've actually you know talked to somebody on this podcast. They were saying, yeah, you know, my my foot in the door. I got fired that very first day. My first day, I got fired. So there's that. Oh, that is a story. <laughs> that is. But you know what, though? I'll say this, man. Good for you to like, you know, stick it out. Right. I mean, they're like, yeah, dude, you're going to let you go. We're going to we want to, but we're only going to pay you 50 bucks a game. Now, that's that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, it, it is. And like I said, you know, you, you realize at some point you're working more for opportunity and just the chance to learn and, you know, get your foot in the door, like we've been saying. Yeah. Um, I do know other folks who've been in similar positions who are like, man, I can't do that. I'm going to go back and work at, you know, the restaurant or mm -hmm. the car and get that money. Um, and you had just quit also the your your other jobs, right? Yeah. And the embarrassing thing about that, you know, uh, when you're in like the bar industry or something, a lot of times you go from one restaurant to another, you know, especially yeah. the downtown scene. So your, your coworkers, your friends are super happy for you when you're actually like leaving the industry to something you know, I went not more important, but, a little yeah, more but something different than what you're doing. Yeah. And so my last day was that Sunday prior Sunday night. Oh. And I like, see you later guys. And they're like, good luck, Marco. And then I go to work the next morning and I get fired and oh, didn't have a job at all. And yeah, so it, it was, a it was tough sledding for a while, but so far it's working out. And the investment there was, was okay. I, I was just going to say, dude, you're, you're a director of entertainment. It actually has worked out for you in a really good way. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. but that's like, you know, you're like, you know, you're, you're in your first job in sports, you know, you finally get your foot in the door and you're doing everything you're supposed to. And Hey, by the way, we need to talk to you. Yeah. Right.
I've so. been I've been on that on that end of getting laid off. That is never a fun thing. It, like, you know, you you getting laid off not, not because it's your fault, but because it's like you said, the people up top are cutting costs and they're doing their what they're supposed to or whatever what they want to do. And then you're like, you know, you're you're come, become the victim of that part. Yeah, I know. And not, you know, not to get too far off subject, but it happened somewhat a second time. It wasn't their fault. So that was the 2018-2019 season. My first full season was 2019-2020. And we all know what happened in yeah, yeah, February, yeah. March of 2020. So we <laughs> got furloughed, huh? We, we did not complete the rest of that 20 uh 2020 year. I got furloughed for, you know, no one really knew what was happening at the time. It was, yeah, you know, I mean, hey, we're going to work from home for two weeks. And then that turned into two months, then the six months, then it turned into, um, you know, just due to the, the guidelines here in the state of Virginia, we were not able to play or have an audience. So we had to cancel the, uh, the 2021 season. So I was out for a full year, um, you know, went to go learn how to drive the Zamboni at a local rink and do some ice maidens and stuff like that in the meantime. But <laughs> so I'm hoping I'll get a full season under my belt this year. That's, that, that's the goal. That, you know what? Again, kudos to you, my friend. That is some crazy things right there that you're just wow. Like, I mean, again, for and you, like you said, though, like, you know, the, you know, the whole COVID thing happened. Same thing for me. It was like, you know, we were like, oh, hey, by the way. We're going to go work from home 20, you know, two weeks at the most this, then we'll get back, you know, no, no, I'm still working from home, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're in 2022 about to end 2022. Cause we're in November now. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. unreal. Good for I mean, you, man. I can always speak of the Admiral situation. And I remember dates when things like when crap happens, but I think I got furloughed or we went to work from home, so to speak, March 17th of 2020. I think I officially was back in the office, back to work March 21st of 2021. Jeez. So it was a full year, my man. Just- That's awesome, though. Like, I mean, again, you stuck <laughs> it out. You're like, I'm I'm not moving. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So, so let me ask you then. So what did you do during that time? Obviously, you learned how to drive the Zamboni, which is awesome yeah um what else did you do during that time i mean the the zamboni stuff was a lot the uh the owner that took over the team patrick cavanaugh has a a a local rank here chill ponds he has a junior Mm -hmm. program um i actually learned how to you know play hockey and i played for that program for a while so that was familiar to me um so that took up some time you know going over there doing the ice maintenance this that and the third um, I stuck with the coaching a little bit, not that I was coaching hockey, but just, you know, studying, going mm-hmm. through resources, video at the time for the admirals, I was a little bit more in a sales focus than I am now. So yep. reading books, trying to learn up on things, um, prospecting, getting my list together ready. So when I could start calling and emailing folks again about, you know, tickets and groups and stuff, I was ready to go and um, found some other passions too. You know, I used to play not at a high level, but competitively. Yeah. So like a lot of folks, I was working out, eating right for several days a week for several years. And then kind of once I stopped playing, that went away for a while. Um, So the the COVID layoff was kind of a a time for me to sort of get back to fitness and the health. So that was important. And then uh, I'm also sort of a a real estate guy too. I'm interested in real estate investing and all that, all that jazz. Man, you're a man of many talents, dude. (laughs) I'm working on it. I'm working on it. 
Good for you. Oh my God. So you, you, you know, health and fitness, learn how to drive the Samboni, you know, the ice maintenance, you know, touched up on, you know, your sales skills and all that. Cause you know, that was your position when you were going back, right. A sales account. Right. And all that. And, 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 then, and for a time I was also not the full-time guy, but I've been the mascot too. So oh I, could my God. The, I could jump in the suit and dance around if you need me to. And that is so minor league though, right there. Like, you know, it's like you're hired for one job, but you, you know, they don't tell you that the other jobs that come with yeah, that. Exactly. Like your title says sales. And then you're also the mascot, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let's talk about that because a lot of people are, you know, they, they're looking into, you know, finding their way into sports. They want to get into sports and all that. Obviously you got into, you know, through the game operations and internship, but then you did sales account. That's pretty much, you know, like, you know, how a lot of the bulk of the people get into sports is through yeah. the sales account executive. Talk, mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about that position. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing. I, I think the reason for that, there's so many college kids, a lot of people in general that are just interested in working in sports. A lot of folks want to work in the marketing side, you know, the social media or, you know, be a general manager or something like that. Um, and there's so much competition for these jobs that, quite frankly, unless you really have some good experience from another industry, a team's probably not going to hire you for your ideas. Mm-hmm. To speak like in marketing or, or something yeah. like that. They're going to hire you to produce results, uh, namely bring in revenue. So that's that's where the account executive position kind of comes into play. Um, you know, g- getting your foot in the door, depending on the team and the level, you might get paid. I don't know, anywhere from 30 to 50 grand a year. And then they're going to expect you to make, you know, anywhere from 60 to 100 grand for the team. So at the end of the year, they could say, well, you know, it made You're sense worth it. this guy around. They, he brought in X number of dollars. Um, so it takes a while to kind of get away from that and have a team pay for your ideas, things that there's not so much of a direct return on investment for them at the end of the year. Uh, but the account executive is, is a lot of work in the phones. You get a whole bunch of prospects, whether it's people that have been to one or two Admirals games before and you're trying to see if they are interested in a, uh, you know, a package, maybe it's mm-hmm. a six game plan. Uh, people that had those six game plans, maybe they're looking at season tickets or you're reaching out to yeah. businesses, schools, you know, youth sports teams to see if they want to bring, you know, a group out to a game. Uh, so I love it. I mean, I don't think sales is really my forte. It's not really my passion, but yeah, I couldn't sell insurance or anything like that, you know, picking up the phone and, you know, there's definitely some structure to it, but essentially what you're really doing is calling somebody and saying, Hey, do you guys want to come out to a hockey game and have some fun? Yeah, so pretty much. That's yeah. Only so difficult, you know, if, if you really have a good mindset about it. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of work in the phones, a lot of following up, a lot of, you know, being told no. Oh, believe me, my friend. I, it's what I do for a living. Yeah. Right. Oh, uh, you know, okay. funny, funny enough, you said it, uh, you know, and on the insurance side of things, right. I work with, with a, a, a company and, and, you know, I, I spend my time on the phone and like you said, 90% of the time, you know, you're tell you're being told, I don't have the time for you right now. Right. And it's rough. It's a tough pill to swallow every day. Right. Like, I mean, you're like, you're, you gotta get used to the, the, the rejection side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. And nothing against insurance, by the way. That was just something that popped in. <laughs> no, I hate it. Don't worry. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, so my, my main point was, even though I don't love sales, it's still you're still working for the team. You're still yeah, talking yeah. hockey and events and having people come out there to have a good time. So that's 
no enjoyment is but believe me i much rather be be selling for a team than selling insurance believe me on that i I, i'm counting the days for that to be over just you (laughs) know (laughs) because it's just oh forget it anyways (laughs) Uh, okay so you moved into after that right like i mean obviously you did group sales and you did the arena host Mm -hmm. how how do you like doing that side the arena hosting thing how is that is that a lot of fun that that's probably the most fun yeah Yeah. i mean working in any sport or job honestly it's a lot of hours if you want to have success in the minor leagues your staff is typically a bit smaller mm-hmm. uh, your pocketbook is typically a bit smaller so you're, you're grinding throughout the off season to get things done and so once you're finally able to get out there and get on the microphone on opening night or something you know a hockey game for one or two hours and you've just been busting your butt for weeks months to get it going um, a lot of that energy comes out and you just have a great time on the ice I, i'm naturally sort of introverted it's sort of funny it, going back to everyone getting laid off. One of the people that are not laid off, but let go. One of the people that was let go was the in arena host. Oh that's, my that's God. And, uh, you know, during the time I was an intern, like I said, I sort of separated myself from the rest of the group. Uh, one of the things the interns do a lot of, at least in Norfolk is run the game day. So very mm-hmm. heavily involved in pregame ceremonies, intermission contests, things like that. So I sort of had a really good grasp on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a couple of games after the in-arena host was let go, they had the PA guy do it, which, I mean, he's a, he's a great PA guy, but that position is typically very scripted. Yeah, he's, you're <laughs> announcing players and all this other stuff. It's yeah, it's fluid. Um, so we determined that really wasn't working out great. So someone suggested I should do it. I don't remember who did. Um, I didn't suggest I, it should be me. I think somebody else did. <laughs> but um, you're not going to take note of that, though, you know? Yeah, right. You know, it's sort of say yes to the opportunities that come your way because you're not sure what might come of them. Um, so I said yes to it. Uh, didn't have any practice at all before I went out and talked into a microphone on a Saturday night in oh. front of everybody. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, you know, wasn't very good initially. <laughs> um I was sort of a weatherman my first year doing it. I was sort of timid and, you know, frightened <laughs> to be, you know, too over the top or anything. And and then last year, I just started having a bunch of fun with it. I think it was the COVID layoff, mm-hmm. realizing, you know, you have all these games in the schedule and sometimes it's a grind. But COVID sort of reminded us that it's not guaranteed to work in sports or to have another game or to be able to go on the ice ever again in front of people and, and do something like that. So take full advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. So when we came back, I tried to amp it up, be a little bit more of a hype man, um, which is what I'd like to think of myself as today a little bit as, as more of a hype man kind of guy. I still interview the players and I'm a little more cordial with them. Yeah. And then I go on the ice and start screaming and we're shooting t-shirts <laughs> off and all that fun stuff. But yeah, I love it. I'd say it's the most fun part of the job. That's awesome, though. Like, I mean, I, I love that, right? A An in-host arena, you know, a, a, an arena in-host game, right, doing a game can really make a break and entertainment a lot of the times for our team. Um, and, and and whether it's hockey, baseball, basketball, football, whatever it is, you know, like, you know, especially in, in minor league uh, sports, that it goes hand in hand with with the with the team right i mean because right. you got to keep your your fans entertained if you don't they're not entertained then they're not going to come back so you yeah. got to re- work twice as hard yeah i see the the in arena host position as sort of a you know you, you go to a sporting event there's a lot of big production the sports going on they got you know videos on the big jumbotron smoke fire 
Um, so the in-arena host position to me is sort of a liaison between the team, the show, and then the fans themselves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, trying to get up into the stands and just talk to people or do a fan cam, you know, get the wave going. It sort of blends the fans in the stands with the action on the ice. And that's, that's sort of my goal. And don't get me wrong, in hockey, there's always something going on on the ice, so it's always very, you know, fast-paced, and there's a lot of action, a lot of hitting, and all that checking, and I love hockey, so it's, you know, that's a good thing to see, Um, but, you know, and the, the entertainment part is also very important, just because, again, that's how you get to get more, uh, you know, more sales with beer sales, or, uh, you know, merchandise, things like that. Yeah, you know, it's funny, because... I mean, a lot of people come up and they're like, hey, man, I love what you do. And, you know, make it fun for people. And that's always great to hear. You always have the other fans, too, that are a little bit more of a purist of the sport. No, of course. Like, man, why are you always running around out there and screaming and yelling and doing all this? And, you know, fans who would rather just see the hockey game and the lights stay on, the Zamboni go around and the hockey comes back. Yep. So yep. I try to pay respects to those folks, too. But uh, I think also part of my job is, Like I said, you know, being more relatable to the fans and trying to get some new fans in the building, some younger folks, um, you know, to, to take pride in the team and to take ownership of the team as a fan. And, and, and you know, not to be that guy, but like, you know, I, honestly, there, yes, there are those who are very old school about that, the, the, the game and all that. But, you know, sports has become an entertainment. That's what it is. You know, let's let's call it by what it is. It's entertainment. And yes, what's on the on the on the ice is good. But at the same time, you know, you're bringing I'm bringing kids with me. Right. I want to make sure that my family is entertained while I am there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you hit the nail on the head. We we work in entertainment, not not sports, so to yep. speak. The coach and the GM, they work in sports. I work in entertainment. Um, yep. But but yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, also as a front office guy and entertainment guy, you know, the big thing is you cannot control what happens on the playing field, playing Correct. ice, whatever you want to call it. So it's really my job to make sure the fans have a good time and want to come back regardless of what happens out on the ice. That is true. That is very true, my friend. Um, okay, so let's talk about the team itself, right? I mean, obviously they've been around for a while, so um, they have their partnership with the uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, it must be pretty cool to you are able to see those future players that are going to be playing up in the NHL eventually in the future. That must be, you know, just a treat to to get to experience that. It really is to get some draft picks, you know, come on down and, um, you know, see some of those higher skilled players that we're trying to develop to get ready to go up to the next level. Uh, you know, before before 2021, before we signed with Carolina, the Admirals were unaffiliated for about three years. Mm -hmm. So it can make it tough to get, you know, recruits in. Um, and, you know, in the ECHL, you typically get four, five, six, seven players from your parent club, just mm -hmm. depending. So, so we really didn't have that. So that was tough. We were a little Oof. bit uh, against the eight ball on that one. But I mean, Carolina is just such such a great fit for us. Obviously, geographically, they're about three hours from from Norfolk. Um, Norfolk is actually or the Hampton Roads area where Norfolk sits is actually the largest geographic area per capita without a major professional sports team. Jeez. We have the we have the Admirals who are double A hockey, and we have the Norfolk Tides who are triple A baseball. That That's is correct. Outside of that, you have Raleigh with you know the Hurricanes, and then you have up in DC with you know the Capitals and the Nationals and all those all those teams up there. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I think it made a lot of sense for, for Raleigh, the Hurricanes, both uh, geographically for players. They can send coaches and resources down here. Uh, but also, too, just being in a southern market, them trying to capture some Admirals fans and some folks here and convert them to uh, to Hurricanes fans. You know, a couple hours north, I think, think's a big part of the deal for them. That is so true, right? Like, I mean, you know, yeah, I'm in the in the Raleigh area, so it's very, um, like you said, there's only a one major sport here, which is hockey. Everything else is down in Charlotte. So you have, you know, an NBA team down there. You have an NFL team down there. We don't have an, a major league baseball team here yet, right? Eventually, yeah. something in North Carolina is going to have one. But like, it's very interesting to know that, like, like you said, like you know, geographically, you guys are so close that you know uh, that you're able to have that connection with your club and, and and bring fans, not just Hurricanes fans, but Admirals fans, you know, vice versa. Right, right, yeah. So that's been great so far. Uh, we're gonna try and you know make it to a couple of their games this season just to see how they do things. Uh, that's not something we were really able to do so much. You know, the partnership came in a little bit late towards the end of last summer. So we were gearing up for our first season back after COVID. Um, but yeah, we're going to start expanding the relationship with them sort of on the front office side so we can learn from from their folks and how they how they run things down in Raleigh. That's awesome. That's awesome. So obviously the ownership group now is very committed to the team, to the partnership, and then doing things like that can really solidify that relationship with um with the with the hurricanes now you guys also have another partnership i believe is with the uh chicago wolves correct yeah yeah so they're the uh the ahl team the, the ahl American that's right of the hurricanes uh so technically most of our guys feed through them before they go to before mm -hmm. they go to raleigh so that's a bit interesting uh, interesting the wolves are an awesome program i mean they won the championship last year they did uh, the american hockey league so they've They've been great. Um, they'll send their coaching staff and stuff at times down here to sort of, you know, run a couple of practices or do some scouting and stuff. So it's always cool to see them come through. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you, as someone that's been here for a few years without an affiliation, it's really nice to have one. <laughs> so, so, so the Chicago Wolves would be uh, to baseball a Triple A team. Yeah, and then you guys will be considered a Double A team yep, at that point. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out exactly. So that's awesome. And, but listen, I, even at that level, that is a very competitive level. Like, I mean, like you say, it's like, you got four or five guys that are obviously drafted and all that, but you guys are still super competitive. And then that's what you want to be able to do day in and day out. Yeah. So most of the guys on our team, uh, most of them played division one hockey or major junior up in Canada. Sheesh. Um, some of the, the baseball fans, and I'm not 100% sure how, you know, working your way up through the baseball ranks works, but um, in hockey, you have something called juniors, which is mm -hmm. sort of a U20. It's a 17 to 20-year-old um, age group. It's not really tied to a school or any sort of entity like that, um, sort of like clubs, but for folks that are 17 and older. Mm -hmm. um, so those are some pretty big, you know, leagues, development leagues up in Canada. So we get a lot of guys from there. Uh, division one college in the U.S., some of the top division three guys. And then uh, we'll get some veterans. You know, we always have a couple of players who have a few games of NHL experience on our team um, who are serving a little bit more of a veteran role or more of a leadership role. So the junior hockey will be your single A will be considered like the, at that level. So right. So single yeah, A. They're not, they're not quite pros yet. 
Right, um, right, 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 right. So it's, it's still amateur, but yeah, somewhat. Most of uh, most of the pro leagues do have they'll get guys from the juniors, either juniors gotcha. or college. Yeah, or it could be considered more of a um like the collegiate wood bat, right? So that's like a lot of a lot of um college students that play during the summer in a wood bat league. Then at that point, you know, would be able to either go back to college or they're re getting ready to be drafted by other other teams at that point. Yeah, and I think another uh, another place we get players from is, uh, you know, the ECHL is very comparable in play style and skill to a lot of the leagues in Europe. Mm -hmm. So guys are always kind of moving back and forth between North America and Europe. Um, just generally speaking, European teams, I wouldn't say necessarily pay more. Yeah. Um, they, they have a little bit of nicer amenities. They might give the guys a car or, you know. Oh, I want a car university to get a degree or something like that so sometimes there's a few more perks over there players kind of decide uh you know do they want the perks and the lifestyle in europe or they do they want a better chance to move up and play at the next league and, and play in north america so there's sort of a trade-off there gotcha okay that's pretty cool though i like that a lot that's pretty cool that you're able to get you're able to get players from different areas uh, of you know levels of uh, of hockey uh and i'm getting very uh, when i was starting to really do a lot more get involved with hockey i you know junior hockey that was like you know it, it's all over canada right and right. north you know the north part of the u.s is like my god there's a way too many teams for me to even comprehend yeah. how many there are yeah there is and i i'm not as tied into the junior and youth hockey landscape as much as i as I used to be but this is probably the, you know, it's true in baseball or football. There's so mm -hmm. many of these AAU yeah. programs. Hey, if you want your kid to play pro, hey, if you want your kid to go D1, you have to play here. And for the last couple of years, these programs have just been popping up. You know, they throw a logo and they have a league and they say, hey, if you play for us, you're you're the next big thing. Right. And, and then, that's, yeah, that's been working out, I think. Up until about a year or two ago, I've heard of some junior programs having to close their doors just because there's just too damn many of them in, in <laughs> yeah. areas. And, you know, everyone's trying to get a piece of that pie. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some that the sports almost overextended itself to, to an extent. I was uh, just going to say, it's like, you know, the popularity of it just keeps growing now uh, yeah. with with here within here in the U.S. It's crazy because we always have fans, you know, being in Norfolk, not a hockey market traditionally. Mm -hmm. um, they'll come in. It's their very first game. Even some of the employees that kind of rotate in on the arena side will come in. It's their very first pro hockey game. Uh, and they love it. It's, it's one of those things for us. If we can just get you in the door, I can almost guarantee you'll want to come back, either from the promotions we're going to do, the fun that, you know, I'm going to try and put on for you. Um, or just the game of hockey itself. It's so back and forth. It's, it's fast paced. There's physicality to it. Um, yeah. So that's our biggest thing is just getting people in the door one way or another, because we know they'll enjoy the product once they're there. You're right, Doc. Like as soon as you get your foot in the door, and that's what happened to me when I was living in Cleveland, we went to a, um, a Cleveland Monsters game, right? And then it was, right? I mean, the, the excitement, it was fast-paced, like you're saying, the physicality of it. It was just, like, how could you not get, you know, into a game when you're there? It's just so much fun and, and so entertaining. Yeah, yeah. So on top of that, you know, we try and serve the community, too. Mm -hmm. um, so we try and fill our arena with groups from elementary schools. You know, we'll offer schools to come out and have their kids sing the national anthem. 
which is just a massive memory um, for those kids and their parents. And it helps us, you know, fill the seats and hopefully make some new hockey fans you know, Absolutely. Working with different charities and having different events that are relatable to the community too. Um, Cause ultimately that's why we're here is to be a steward of, of the town we live in. You're right. You're absolutely right. I, I mean, I think a community involvement right now, it's, I think with a lot of the minor league clubs is number one, right? Just because you want to be able to, like you said, you want to get, you know, butts in the seats. That's how you, you know, you, you sell concessions. That's how you sell merchandise and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. And you got to get creative sometimes, you know, I'll be fully transparent. The Admirals have not been as successful on the ice in the past few years as, as anyone would probably mm -hmm. like to that's affiliated with the team. Um, so it is a lot of that extra legwork. We're not typically getting a ton of folks coming up just because the team is doing so well, mm -hmm. uh, like certain areas do. Um, everyone likes a winner and everyone wants to be associated with Absolutely. that. So you definitely have teams in certain markets, uh, you know, not that they don't market or don't have a great, you know, promotional strategy, uh, but they just win all the darn time. And so folks are coming out for that. Uh, so that's not something we've been able to rely on so much the past couple of years. So uh, yeah, it is getting those schools out there and, you know, going to do events in the community and just have some face-to-face -face time with folks and invite them out to a game. And like I said, once they get here, man, they're, we know they're going to like it. That's awesome. I love that. Love that. But you, you, you're working twice as hard though. That's it, which is a good thing, right? You get to appreciate that more because like you said, the product may not be top, of you know like other teams but at least you have a product on the ice and then you have exceptional talent and product you know entertainment off the ice which also helps out with you know getting butts in the in the in the seats over there at the stadium yeah you know and hopefully there there comes a point i'm not just saying this exclusively to the admirals but anyone in that position to where uh you know you have to focus a little bit more on entertainment and you get your your entertainment side really buttoned up and then the team starts winning and then you have a great product that that was sort of one of the issues I think we did have here before I started is the team won a lot in the uh, late, uh, you know, two thousands that there really wasn't a lot of emphasis put on fan experience or stuff mm. like that. I'm actually the first director of entertainment in the, the 34 year history of the Norfolk Admirals. Um, the, the person that would typically do my job would be a director of operations, yep. which I do some of that too, but that's very, that's much more, you know, what time is this happening? What do I need in the script? How long are the elements? What equipment do I need? What people do I need? You know, after this happens, what's coming next? Very, you know, logistical, very operational. Mm -hmm. um, not a whole lot of direct emphasis on fun or how you know people think or feel and, and things like that. So that's that's my job. So mm -hmm. you know, coming into it, I didn't have a lot of templates or or libraries of PAs or different fun things to do. So it's been a lot of discovery, a lot of research, a lot of YouTubing. <laughs> yep. To get that off the ground, but uh, I think we have a pretty good game show going now. There's there's some things I like to button up with it, um, but man, if the team starts, you know, performing on the ice well consistently, and then we have the great game show product, we're gonna, you know, Scope Arena where we play is gonna be the spot to be. Love it. I, I love that the fact that you're saying this, like you know, uh, I'm still learning. I'm still, you know, doing research. Like you know, you're going on YouTube, but you're you're learning from other other in-house arenas and you know people that are do that are in the business doing that. By, by the way, you should check out Eric the Peanut guy. He's in baseball, okay. and the young professor. He's actually an in-house for, also for the Savannah Bananas as well. So okay, definitely take yeah. a look at those guys. I'm telling you, shout out to those two because they're awesome guys. Awesome. Yeah, and I definitely will. 
And there, there is baseball, but obviously that can be still, you can, a lot of that stuff that you learn can be, you know, part of uh, what you do with your team. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, so, so uh, what, a couple more questions here before I go into my awesome, famous, not so famous questions here. Uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit of merchandise, my friend. Um, yeah. Norfolk Admirals, obviously, uh, you know, I, I scoped that out. Uh, I want to make sure that you have dad hats available. You know, obviously you see my walls behind me, you know, okay. do you have any available? My friend, I'm pretty darn sure we do. I'll have, okay. to, I'll have to hit up my merchandise guy tomorrow morning. All uh, right. But I'm cool. pretty sure we did. I think I can, I can send you one to add to your wall over there. You know what? I will be more than happy to add that to my wall here. My, my very small wall that I have and nothing but, you know, hats here. So, uh, we'll talk offline on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, it's an addiction. My wife says it's an addiction. So we'll go oh, with that. For it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then, so the popularity of merchandise is all over, right? Like a lot of people um, love their merchandise. A lot, you know, they, they look, they, there's a lot of collectors out there and things like that is what, in your opinion, which one do you think is the most collectible item within the team? Is it the, the hockey puck or is it the jerseys? What is it that people gravitate towards? As, as far as merchandise, definitely jerseys. And I'll get yeah. to that in a sec. But I'll tell you, it's crazy how many letters we get in the mail of people asking for pocket schedules. Oh my God, I know. It yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. We might get 10 to 20 letters a day, or not a day, but a week. Yeah. Uh, they're from all over the country. And it's folks, I used to respond to those when I was an intern. So I see the same names and people just collect the heck out of those things. <laughs> it's because they kind of look cool and they're free. Um, oh, trust me, it happens in baseball as well. So it's not just hockey, dude. I'm telling you, it does. So there's that, but jerseys, I mean, there's some crazy, there's some crazy collectors out there. I mean, sometimes guys are looking for I know you even expect certain certain numbers, certain names that are you know, certain mm -hmm. characters long, jerseys that have a you know something going on with the collar or something different with the fight strap, like very specific things that you don't even think about until someone asks you about them. Yeah, uh, well, and it's yeah. funny because one of the biggest things for uh, the collectors is like you know when they when they collect uh, jerseys is all right. What is the one thing that is different from this jersey than that jersey? Right. So everybody's looking for something different. Which, by the way, you're modeling one of uh, the jerseys here online. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. Yeah, the, the yellow one. Hopefully, I'm doing a decent job at it. But uh... looking good, my <laughs> man. Looking good. Yeah. That that's our alternate there. Uh, yep. We do pretty, we do pretty good with jerseys. Um, obviously, you know, minor leagues they do a lot of theme nights and stuff. Of course, something that's brand new to us that's just starting to take off. So, Norfolk is is a, a small city, truthfully, and a a much larger region that's called Hampton Roads. Mm -hmm. uh, I think if you you know Googled or put Hampton Roads in the G maps, nothing would come up. It's more the name of our region, but really, Hampton Roads is made up of seven different cities. So seven cities, seven different mayors, seven different agendas. <laughs> Norfolk is like right smack dab in the middle of all of them. So one of the things we're trying to do to relate to the community more, you know, build new fans is something called the City Series. Oh, so we're going to take uh, one month. Uh, yeah, one month every one. Well, I want to say one weekend per month, excuse me. And we're going to completely rebrand to one of the cities in Hampton Roads. So Jersey's, we're going to change our name for the whole weekend. 
That's um, awesome. One of the cities in Hampton Roads is called Hampton. So we just had Hampton Admirals uh, night on the 28th and 29th of October. The mayor of Hampton dropped the puck and he was having a great time all night. We had the jerseys going, uh, all the logos and stuff were updated to say Hampton on it. And that was huge. So we're going to, you know, do five more of those. Uh, they're all going to have jerseys and, you know, special designs for the cities. And uh, we're really looking for that to move the needle this year. That's awesome. And that's what sells like, you know, like you're those specialty jerseys that are, are just one of those things that people will bid on that will, they want to get it or they're for favorite players or whatever, even if they want to get customized with their own name, that's always a good thing, you know, to involve, like you said, Hampton roads, it's different, you know, different towns. And that's pretty cool. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, most of our fans, because Norfolk is just such a, you know, downtown urban area, most of our fans commute from other surrounding cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and traditionally, the pro sports in town, you know, our AAA baseball team is a couple streets over. They're in Norfolk. That's that's sort of the epicenter of the area. Yes. But we have fans from all over, but they've never had a pro sports team you know, with that city's name on the jersey. So this is kind of the first time we're going to have a, you know, a Virginia Beach Admirals professional hockey team, a, a Chesapeake Admirals professional hockey, and, and hopefully uh, instill some ownership of our team and its community going forward. Hey, that's awesome. I love it. Love love to hear that. That thing, that's pretty cool. So, yeah. um, yeah, man, I, I can't I can't be, begin to tell you how awesome that sounds like, you know, that you guys are connecting to other uh, towns and, and, and involved in the the, uh, the city. Again, community based, right? Like, I mean, minor league baseball, minor league hockey, minor league basketball. It's all community based. And without the community, you guys will not be able to be around. No, nope. it's all about that, man. All right. Are you ready? I think I'm ready. All right, cool. So let's say that you go to a hockey game or a baseball game or basketball game. Uh, as a fan, what okay. is your drink and food of choice? Man, I'm definitely going to get a beer of some sorts. Um, I'm not a huge IPA guy. I'm sort of like a blue moon, blue moon. I'm with you, my friend. I'm with you. I'm not a big IPA guy. I'm with you. Yeah, especially when you're at a game, you know, you want to keep it, keep it rolling, but not too, not too, you know. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> get a blue moon. And then I, I typically don't eat a whole bunch when I go to sporting events. Mm-hmm. So Maybe catch dinner beforehand and have a couple of brews just to you know power me through. But relaxing, I'm a big guy. I like I like the jumbo pretzel if it's done right, nice and soft, not too crunchy. Right amount of salt on there. So I'm love love it, love yeah. it. All right. So, would you rather stay in a hotel or an Airbnb? I'd rather stay in a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Too many horror stories. I guess so. I mean, I, I don't know. I think the hotel for me is easy in, easy out. Not, nothing <laughs> too crazy. No surprises are going to be coming. Um, you don't have to cook yeah. everything. You know, you don't have to clean up after yourself because when you come back, it's already done. Right. I guess I, I've stayed in so many hotels, a lot less Airbnbs from, you know, coaching and traveling. I'm just comfortable getting in, doing the electronic room key, not talking to anybody. <laughs> you know, in my refrigerator for the night and uh, going from there. I love it. I love it. <laughs> If you could have any wild animal as a pet, which animal would you choose? Uh, I think raccoons are super cool. <laughs> I mean, that's probably a bad idea because they're up all night, but I don't know. I just think they're so cool. Um, the home I, I kind of grew up in, my parents' house in, in Chesapeake, Virginia, sort of backs up to some woods. So gotcha, yeah. Raccoons and foxes and stuff running out there. 
And I don't know. I just think raccoons are the coolest thing. Little, little trash pandas. That's right. All right. Would you rather have when you go, oh, wait, let's say you go on a trip, you said you're going on a trip. Would you rather have photos or videos of it? Uh, videos. Yeah. Absolutely. Get yeah. to relive things. Relive just a little bit of it. Yeah. All right. I like it. There's not, you know, there really is no, no wrong answer on that one. It's either, yeah, you know, I'd rather have some photos and then can tell or video because I want to be there again. I want to relive all that. That's the main thing, man. I'm, I'm a huge concert goer. I'm a big classic rock guy, but I go to all kinds of concerts and there's times you have some pictures and those are cool. Yeah, but That's that doesn't do it justice. You're right. You want to hear that live sound and you're like, man, I remember hearing that song live. <laughs> that was the coolest thing. Uh, yeah, so I'm a big a video over pictures. I love it. I love it. All right. Um, what was your favorite TV show growing up? Uh, King of the Hill. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. It was just the perfect balance of funny but warm-hearted. I, I just thought the writing was great. It wasn't too long. I just absolutely love me some King of the Hill. I still do. I love it. And and you can always, you know, you can always rewatch it at any point. That's right. All right. So let's say that you find $10,000. You're walking down the street. You find $10,000. What's yeah. the first thing you do? Man, well, the first thing I do is probably going to go have a pretty nice lunch. <laughs> uh, the, the second thing I'm going to do is put that in the bank because I'm, I'm eyeing some real estate. And, there you uh, go. You got to reinvest it. Down payments, house flipping, renovation. That 10 grand is going to go pretty quick. So <laughs> it, it, it goes <laughs> real quick. Yeah. All right. Uh, what is your spirit animal? Spirit animal is an ostrich. Really? Yeah, and I, I don't think I really picked that out. Um, someone else did for me. I guess back in the day when I was in the office, I was just so interested to learn and inquisitive. I was always popping my head up over the cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> I looked like an ostrich when I was doing that. So <laughs> I guess I have a picture of an ostrich <laughs> in my desk right now that someone just ripped out of a magazine and gave to me five years ago. <laughs> I still have that. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm going with ostrich. That's amazing. That's awesome. I can just picture you just going up on the top of those cubicles and just like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> um, if you could have one dessert for the rest of your life, which dessert would it be? Oh my goodness. Uh I'm gonna go banana cream pie. Ooh, that's good. Banana cream guy. Maybe I'll switch that to banana pudding because that's yeah. Yep, that's it right there. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, you're you're kind of in the area. So, uh, it, would you rather would you rather be in the beach or the mountains? Uh, I'll go to the beach. Oh, the beach. That's a tight one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So, if you could work at the zoo, right? Let's say you you decided to leave hockey behind. You're going to work at the zoo. Which animal would you work would you work with? Oh my goodness something that's not too loud i think giraffes i'm probably not super likely to be killed by it and it's, <laughs> it's probably not going to make a bunch of noise all day like a monkey or something you're right you're absolutely yeah. right that's yeah. all. or the ostriches <laughs> or the ostrich popping up their head no. yeah no nope. <laughs> <laughs> all right last one here <laughs> what was your favorite cereal growing up as a kid Oh man, I think it was cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, that's a good one. My favorite still is still uh, uh, fruity pebbles, and I still eat it. 
Yes. Yeah. I do not care. No Let's shame. No. Hang <laughs> as long as we can. Awesome. Awesome. Marco, thank you so much for doing this. This was a lot of fun. Um, where can people find you on the socials, my friend? So I am on uh, Instagram primarily, Instagram and Facebook at mm -hmm. Marco G. Myers. I, I kept the tag real simple at Marco Very G. Smart. Myers. I got a Twitter too, but I'm not on there quite as much right now. But stay tuned. Maybe I'll be tweeting away here pretty soon. Who knows? I like it. But I, like I really it. appreciate uh, having me on it. It was a lot of fun and uh, be happy to come back if you ever want to repeat. You got that right. We will, my friend. We will. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Ed. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Marco. Now, make sure you guys are following him and the team. Listen, hockey is fun, guys. You guys got to watch it. Anyways, make sure you guys are following him. And then uh, go on to my podcast website, right? Uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you follow it. Hit that follow button. Give it five stars or thumbs up, whichever one they use. Podcasts are all different ones in every, you know, different platforms. But make sure you guys are following and give it a good review. So that way I go up on the rankings. I go up on the rankings, more people get to listen to it. But before I go before i go here is the dad joke of the episode and here it is why are hockey players good at making new friends because they know how to break their ice real quick all right all right i see myself out till then keep on grinding and always support the minor leagues see ya
This podcast is part of the Curved Brim Media Network. Here are some of the other members of Curved Brim Media. Hi, this is Ed Rivera of the Data Chronicles. Join me as I interview people just like you and players, coaches, GMs on the path that led you to become a fan of the sport. I'm Paul Caputo, and on the Baseball by Design podcast, I talk to minor league baseball teams, designers, and other super interesting people about what these minor league baseball logos mean. And I talk a little bit about ice cream helmets. What's up, Bucketheads? I'm Anna Tommaso, and each week on the Baseball Bucket List podcast, I speak with a different fan about their favorite baseball memories, what the game means to them, and what's left to check off on their baseball bucket list. Hey guys, this is Patrick Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series. And in every episode, I go through the history of minor league teams through my personal collection of hats. You can find me on Twitter at at PatLarson1. I hope you guys enjoy. This is Patrick. And Corey. Oh, BaseballMapper.com. And we have made an interactive map to help highlight all baseball teams from the majors down to collegiate summer leagues. We want to bring you closer to baseball. So get on the site and find a team near you today. Learn more about Curve Brim Media at curvebrimmedia.com.